Good evening, rockers and metalheads. This is DJ Rem, Quote the Raven, only on Rock Attic Radio, and I'm live with Richie Randall from the band Grave Huffer. How's it going, brother? Hey, Rem. How are you, man? I am doing great tonight. Uh, thank you so much for uh, taking time to hop on and uh, talk about the band. Much appreciated. Hey, thanks for having me, dude. I know we've done this before, so it's good to talk again. Yeah, it's been too long. So I, I was right? when you reached out and were like, "Hey, you want to do an interview?" I was like, "Hell yeah, man!" <laughs> right on. I'm like, "Let's <laughs> let, let's do it." So yeah. let's uh, let's start. So what's going on with Grave Huffer? Yeah, with Grave Huffer these days. What are you guys up to? Well, uh, since we last talked, shoot, we've released uh, an EP, and we're getting ready to release a new full length. Um, like the EP we released was on No Slip Records. Um, I don't know if you remember Robert Pilsen or not. I do because I bought the vinyl. Oh, did you? Nice. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Right on. Yep. So yeah, uh, No Slip put that out for us, and that was very well received. And it was two songs: Demon Face, Stalingrad's Cross, and um, I think. To me, I felt like we were experimenting a little more and maybe broadening our sound. So, and a lot of other people felt the same way. There was even some people that were like, "Oh, what is this?" You know, they didn't really. You guys are don't sound like Grave Huffer anymore. You know? Oh my god! <laughs> so, you know, it's it's weird. You know, people just it's. We've never been that band. You know, we've always tried to do different things, and and so that was a chance for us to like put out a couple songs that are like even different from what we've done before. So we did that. And, and, uh, the first song demon face was about Edward Moore Drake. And, uh, he had the back of his head, had a parasitic twin. And we thought that yeah, that's perfect. Grave Huffer material, you know? <laughs> and so, um, I think American horror story that show on Netflix even had a thing about him. And, uh, so that was fun to do. And then, uh, so the whole Stalingrad's cross thing, was pretty cool like when we wrote that song our singer james was like man that sounds like a marching kind of thing you know he's like i always wanted to write about stalingrad's cross so he whipped up some lyrics and they were actually really fucking cool and we got a couple of our friends from a local band here called sardis to play the guitar solos on it and that turned out really cool i'm really proud of that one um but moving on we had to uh no slip kind of was not sure whether they were going to continue. And so we were like, well, shoot, I don't know what we're going to do. And we had this record, we were getting ready to start recording. And so, um, we had played a few shows with uh, Tommy Stewart, who used to be in hollows Eve back in the eighties. Uh, they were on metal blade records and they toured with Slayer and motorhead and they were kind of a big deal. And, um, so he's got his own record label now called black Doomba records. Yeah. And, and yeah, so we played like four or five shows with them last year, last fall, October, November, we played Chicago, Wisconsin, Dallas and Houston and played here in Joplin and, uh, got to know Tommy pretty well. And he was like, uh, how about I uh, sign you guys? <laughs> and we're like, yeah, let's do it. You right. Know? Awesome. <laughs> So yeah, it really just, it came together that quick, and then we just we started writing the new record. So yeah, that's kind of where uh, kind of where we're at right now, just kind of promoing and advertising for this new record. Yeah, so you've uh, you sent me a couple tracks, uh, Ghost Dance, and uh, I didn't even know it was playing in the background. So uh, P 
people that were tuned in got a little uh, they got a little preview of it while we were talking there for a second. And uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> the, the the chat, you know, it's live radio. Shit happens, and of course, yep. the, the 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 chat is like. Turn down the tunes, man. <laughs> they're, they're, they're relent- what are you doing? They're relentless. Relentless. Uh, they are. They are. It's okay. I, I love every single one of them, so it's all good. It's all good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, me too. Yeah, so you sent me a couple tracks. You sent me Ghost Dance, and then it sounds like you just released Causes today. So yeah. I guess why don't you let's talk about the new record a little bit and kind of you know, if you want to kind of talk about the tracks and kind of uh, kind of what went into them, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, the new album's called Necro Eclosion. <clears throat> Pardon me. And um, <coughs> my throat. Um, so, yeah, Necro Eclosion, that basically means to rise from the dead, I guess. Necro meaning dead. Eclosion, that kind of means to emerge from a cocoon, I guess. Um, kind of a weird way to put it, but we were trying to come up with something unique and original, you know, kind of the whole Phoenix Rising thing, you know, but we wanted to wanted to have a little different ring to it. So, so yeah, everybody likes to ask us what that means. And so, <laughs> so yeah, that's what it means. Emerging from a cocoon from the dead. <laughs> that's pretty bad. So, yeah. Yeah, it is pretty metal, yep. and it really—I mean—it's kind of what we've been through this last year. Um, I guess I'll preface this whole new album thing with—we um, ended up getting a new drummer last year, and his name's Jay Willis, and he ended up—man, he ended up writing some lyrics, writing some riffs, and playing some sick drum parts on this new record. And it's kind of cool how completely collaborative and democratic this new album turned out to be. And um, Jay even sings on some of it. And um, so, yeah, we uh, I guess I better (laughs) mention this. Um, Our old singer, James, was um, he was not feeling it. And um, he kind of stepped down in the middle of recording. And um, it was quite it was quite the shocker. you know, he, he told us, oh, this never was a good time to do this. And we're like, whoa, we were in the studio, dude. But <laughs> right, yeah. You, <laughs> so, you, so, yeah. He had lots of time like, to back out. Yeah, I think to his credit, to his credit, he really wanted to, he wanted it to work, but he just could not, you know, hide the fact that he just really wasn't into it anymore. He, he really tried to, I think he tried a little too hard to make it work. Okay. And, and when he was recording, he started recording vocals and hell, he even wrote lyrics to four or five of the songs. And we ended up, he gave us the blessing to use those, which is really cool. And so hell, our old singer even contributes, you know, (laughs) in in a lyrical aspect. Okay. So that was, that was actually pretty, I've never been a part of a record put together this way. (laughs) So yeah. Um, so Jay and myself were like, well, shit, I guess we're going to sing <laughs> and write lyrics, you know? So Jay just started writing lyrics. And um, what we did was we got a good friend of ours, Travis McKenzie, and he had been doing stuff with Mike's, our bass player, Mike's. Uh, it's like a band that does, they do soundtracks to old silent films. Okay. And yeah, it's like like Metropolis, Phantom That's of cool. the Opera, and stuff like that and 
they'll just put the movie on and then play along, you know, play whatever comes out. Yeah. And they record, they record it. And it's really cool. It's called Skunk Works Audio Unit. And Travis was doing that with Mike. And so one day out of the blue, Travis messaged me. He goes, hey, I want to try out for the vocal spot for Grey Puffer. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's, let's see. Let's see what you can do, you know. And so he came in and we auditioned a couple other people. Travis comes in and he brought a notebook and he brought like all this stuff. And um, he was really prepared. And so that impressed us. And so he came out and we did a few songs and his voice was different than James. But at the same time, I was like, yes, I think this could work. And so Jay and I ended up singing along with him on some parts to kind of, you know, thicken up the sound or give it a new lease on life. And um, so, yeah, it's it, so far, it, you know, it was working out really well. And so we're like, well. Let's see how you write lyrics. And so he turned in a few lyrics. Well, turned in sounds kind of shitty. He uh, wrote some lyrics and showed them to us. <laughs> and um, we were very impressed. And we're like, wow, wow, Travis, this is really cool. You know, because James wrote some really killer lyrics. So that was that was going to be kind of a, that was one of the things we were more concerned about than anything was the lyric writing. And because uh, I, don't write lyrics. <laughs> you know, I, I wrote one set of lyrics for this album, but Jay writes really cool lyrics. And so does Travis. I'm glad that they do. Cause <laughs> I wouldn't want to have to depend on me. <laughs> I can write guitar stuff, but <laughs> so, I have, so yeah, go ahead. I was just going to ask. So you mentioned that, um, this album was, sounds like more democratic than in the past. So what was the difference, I guess, between past albums and this one? that kind of allowed that to work? Well, I think the pretty, pretty much James was lyrics and vocals. Like we had nothing to do with any of that in past records. And on this record, everybody contributed lyrics. Everybody sang, everybody, um, kind of the, the roles were a little bit more, I don't know. I guess the roles weren't as, as defined as they were. I felt like everybody stepped out of their little box, their little comfort zone, kind of went off into other territories. And it was it was pretty cool because um, before uh, pretty much it was Mike and myself and then Larry and we arranged the songs and then we'd let James write the lyrics and come up with the vocal patterns or melodies or whatever. And on this record, we were all basically contributing Lyrics, vocals, music ideas, you know, I mean, it just, it was just um, all hands on deck, I guess. And because we were just, I don't know, I felt like with the shakeup on the uh, lineup of the band, you know, new blood in there. And I don't know, I just, we were really inspired, but at the same time, we were a little bit under the gun. Right. Because we had a, we had a record to deliver to the label by the end of June. And so, uh, yeah, we were, <laughs> we were, in some cases we were writing and recording songs on the same day, that kind of thing. So, okay. well, so it, sounds, it, was, it was definitely interesting. Go ahead. Yeah. It just sounds like kind of that change up, you know, and everything you guys had to deal with kind of almost made it, it's kind of fun maybe a little bit. Yeah, actually, you know what? I mean, that's a good way to put it because, um, yeah, I honestly enjoyed it a lot. I think I enjoyed recording this record more than anything I've ever recorded. I mean, I, I can honestly say that. 
And, uh, I mean, I just had a blast. I thought it was fun getting in on the vocal and lyric world and cutting the drum. You know, I was sitting in the room with Jay writing parts for songs while he was doing his drum parts, and we were just going back and forth and lots of visual eye contact when we were put, arranging the songs. And it was really cool. And then Mike was sitting in the producer's chair, so to speak, and, you know, sitting at the computer and capturing the performances. And he's like, hey, guys. Maybe you can do that better. Hey guys, maybe, you know, I mean, it was yeah. it was just so collaborative. So it was really cool. So I have I have to read you something that Carl posted in the chat. He says, "Damn Richie, I remember a few years ago you released a badass album and we asked what studio you at Grave Huffer used. You said you just rolled a carpet down in the living room <laughs> and did it." He says, "Sound yeah. badass." He says, "Just yeah. a story from the past. That's pretty cool." Yep, that was the Your Fault record. Uh, yeah, we were at our drummer's house. And, yeah, seriously, we I remember we recorded my guitar tracks in the front room. <laughs> and we recorded drums in some bedroom. And, yeah, it was, it was pretty wild. And this time, we were in the we were in an attic of <laughs> Mike's house. Okay. Uh, his house at the time. But it was a little more like a studio. Like, right. we have an actual mixing board, and there were sound tiles, and you know it was a little bit more professional um you know everything was recorded and you know we were isolating you know vocals and things like that but i mean we were all had eye contact still all in the same room so that was pretty cool i think that's kind of what led to like you said the fun aspect of it yeah. we were all together putting it putting it together but at the same time we could you know hit play and hit rewind and, you know, on the computer. So, was, you know, of course, but right. it was all very like, I don't know. It just felt more organic and not quite so like cut and paste. If that makes any sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay. Shameless plug time. Where is a good place for people to go to find out more about Grave Huffer, to hear your music, any merch you have for sale? Where should people go? Well, our Bandcamp page is, where I like to send people. It's gravehuffer.bandcamp.com. Pretty easy one. Um, you can stream our stuff like in any streaming service has all of, uh, pretty much all of our music, uh, like the iTunes, the Apples, the YouTubes, the Amazons, the Deezers, the Napsters, all that stuff. I mean, just Google Gravehuffer and you'll find a shitload of stuff. Okay. And, <laughs> yeah, it's been... I'm kind of proud of the fact that we have a pretty original name. So, so yeah, that, that's why we changed it from Crom to Gravehuffer because <laughs> there are way too many Croms out there. Right on, right on. And so, so the Gravehuffer thing's been been pretty cool for us. So yeah, uh, the Bandcamp, you know, we have all our merch there. We've got like four different designs of shirts. We've got posters, vinyl, uh, CDs, patches, uh, art books. We got. Uh, all kinds of stuff up there so guitar picks you know all kinds of stuff yeah i have one of your patches around here actually i think it, i don't think it's made it to my band patch shirt yet but I, I i have the pat i have one of your patches around is um uh -huh. is this new album is it going to be released on vinyl yes yes uh, black doomba records will be releasing it on vinyl it's january 15th okay and it's, it's going to be a three-color vinyl it's going to be red, yellow, and black. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, like a splatter. Uh -huh. And so, yeah, it's, it's going to be really cool. Um, our friend Eric Sweet did the art, so the vinyl ties in with the colors and the art. It's really cool. And, 
there's 11 songs on it and it's i mean it's going to be really cool we're we're super super proud of it is it tom is it available for pre-order yet yes yes it is you can okay. go to blackdoombarecords.bandcamp.com and all of their artists pop right up there and you'll see necroid closure and you can click the cover and you can pre-order it right there and um, you'll get two songs to download as of now ghost dance and causes Okay. There'll be a free free download, and the first fifty people get signed two signed posters, and the next fifty get uh, the posters as well, just not signed. Okay. And then all the vinyl will be hand numbered by Tommy Stewart, uh, the the head head of the label. Okay. And so yeah, it's going to be really cool. I think he had two hundred and fifty pressed. So uh, yeah, okay. so far the pre sales have been going pretty well. Okay. Have you sold 50 yet? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'll have to ask Tommy and the, see. The reason I see. ask is because I want to order it, but I want it signed. Right, <laughs> I want right. the poster well, we signed. Can, we could probably make a special, uh, you know, we can do something for you, I'm oh. sure. Oh, okay, okay. You're, um, you're our buddy. <laughs> right on, right on. Right back at you, pal. Yeah, man, well, you're helping us out here, so. Yeah. And, we can and, hook and, you up. We can hook you up, Ram. Yeah, anything we can do. Yeah, I already put, um, just so you know, I did already put Ghost Dance on the server. So it's it's in the 24-7 stream. So it's out. Oh, it's, it, it's getting sweet. Put. Thank you. And now that I have causes that you sent me, that I <laughs> that you told me you sent me and I downloaded, <laughs> um, that will be added to the server as well shortly. So we'll get that sweet. up there. So Sweet. So how have you guys with the band, how, how have you been surviving covid so, you know, we don't we won't need to get political or in, really into it, but I'm more sure. cu- curious how you guys are kind of passing the time and, uh, you know, uh, and what you guys are still able to do. And if you guys still get together and practice and, you know, just kind of what the world of Grave Hover looks like uh, in these, for lack of better ways, unprecedented times. Times. Sure. Yeah, dude. It's um, it's been interesting. And um <clears throat> When this COVID thing started, we were writing a record, so that was, it just kind of, we were already in that mode anyway of writing and recording, so that we didn't really change our pro- like our recording process too much. Like, we all weren't there all at the same time a whole lot. It was usually me and Mike, or myself, Jay and Mike, or Travis and Mike, or, you know, whoever. Uh, all four of us were only together like a once or twice, I think. And then we all got together to take some promo picks and stuff. But other than that, <clears throat> we've just been kind of doing things a little bit more, just a couple of us here, a couple of us there. And then right now we're doing a lot of interviews and, and press and stuff. Uh, Dewar PR is our, uh, PR company and they send us interviews and send us, they're kind of sending us stuff to do like we got homework <laughs> you know and uh, but that's it's actually pretty fun uh some of the interviews are actually pretty interesting but uh so yeah we've been doing a lot of like press and stuff um one other thing we've been working on is um we're building a new studio at our bass player mike's he's got him a new house um so we're building a new studio down in his basement and it's going to work out better than going up and down three flights of stairs <laughs> the way it used to be. I would say with so, all the uh, gear, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the old attic, you know. Uh-huh. That was, it sucked doing those stairs, man, all that heavy equipment. 
now it's just like half a flight of stairs down this little basement. So it ain't no, it ain't a big deal. <laughs> so yeah, that's what we're kind of working on is, uh, getting a new recording set up. And then we plan on starting practice probably here in a couple weeks, actually. Okay. Um, and then when we get a, a, a set down, we're going to do a live stream and that'll probably be around the holidays. Oh, cool. And, um, yeah, we're going to go to Overland Park, Kansas to have a guy film it and um, record it. And we may try to release a live, like, I don't know about live album, but something to that effect. You know, we, we're going to try to do throw in some surprises, maybe some covers, some songs we haven't played in a long, long time, stuff like that. And um, it's going to be streaming live on uh, Instagram and uh, Facebook, Twitter. I'm not sure if we can do YouTube yet. I don't know if we have enough followers. Follow us on YouTube so we can do a live stream, folks. So, you know, that's kind of, <laughs> that's the plan. I mean, it'll be uploaded to YouTube right, eventually. Right, right. But yeah, I think we're going to have like a three or four camera kind of deal. And we may even put together like, you know, videos and stuff like that for upcoming songs or whatever. But uh, the guy that's putting this together, he ran sound for the Topeka Metal Fest the last few years. Oh, nice. So he's, yeah, I mean, he's a pro. He's got some really nice gear. So, so yeah, we've already got that lined up. We just need to get our ass together and <laughs> start practicing so we can say, hey, we're ready to do this, Andrew. And so, yeah, that that's the plan. That's the plan. Cool. Yeah, we'll have to uh, have to keep you guys in mind for the next time here. We're um, on December 12th. We have Wrecking Ball Metal Festival coming up, and we're actually, and I don't know if you've seen any of the flyers or anything out there, but we're going to be broadcasting exclusively on Rock Addict Radio on Saturday, December 12th at 1 p.m., and Mm -hmm. basically what they're doing is each band, God, I think there's like seven or eight bands now, Um, each band is basically recording a live set and sending sending it to us. And then oh, wow. I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to, you know, I'll announce the band and stuff, you know, and their set in between. And I'm just going to sit here and play their recorded live sets on the radio station. And I actually have it all set up with uh, Twitch. So it'll be out on. Oh, uh, cool. It'll it'll be broadcast on Twitch. So it'll be on the website. It'll be on our, our Twitch channel. So mm-hmm. some cool things. So. Uh, then if if this is successful and we do another one, I'll definitely uh, hit you up to see if you guys would be interested in that. Yeah, that would be really freaking cool, actually, because <laughs> we're uh, we're we're starting to dip our toes into that whole streaming world. Like we've been doing it via our phones and stuff. You know what? We'll we'll like when we were playing all our shows last year. We live streamed on Facebook and right. stuff. And nice, like. I mean, people really dig that shit. Uh-huh. So yeah, we're wanting to get a little bit more professional with it. When did you just when like, did you say you're recording that? I'm not real sure. I mean, it's going to depend on how quickly we can be ready. Right. It's probably going to be around the holidays, end of December, first of January. Okay. Okay. That's what I'm guessing. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. I got some questions from the chat that I have to I have to get in, or they will start getting they'll start being mean to me again. No, just kidding. <laughs> Um, Carl wants to know, have any of you motherfuckers landed in jail for busting local COVID rules? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, no, not, I don't think so. Um, our drummer actually lives a couple hours north of us and 
kind of the Kansas City area. Okay. So I don't know about Jay, but uh, no, Mike and myself, we're a bunch of old farts. We don't really do anything, you know. I just go to work and come home. Although uh, I did get tested for COVID uh, this afternoon, and because of my coworker tested positive, so I had to like, you know, I got a quarantine and shit. But mm-hmm. um, I'll find out my results tomorrow. So. I don't know. Maybe I'll be one of those motherfuckers that goes to jail. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you never. Know. I don't know, man. Maybe if I get a wild hair on my ass and decide to like go cough on a bunch of people, uh-huh. I don't know. You know. <laughs> well, well, good luck. Hopefully, uh, it comes back yeah. negative. If it doesn't, right. hopefully you have mild symptoms. Like sure, I was telling sure. you off air, my son and I both just got over COVID, so um, it, it's been it's been a wild, crazy couple weeks, but. Uh, everything's yeah. doing good we're doing good so we're we're very good. thankful we're counting our good, blessings man. for not yes. being a statistic on the bad side exactly. of that exactly yes so another question from the chat another one from carl he wants to know <laughs> when was the last time you had panties tossed at you on a stage i never <laughs> oh that's so unfortunate yeah yeah uh we're <laughs> sweaty dudes are in the grave upper, I think. <laughs> Maybe if somebody will throw up some like soiled boxers or something. Oh, nasty. You know? <laughs> so nasty. Man. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. No, don't be sorry. <laughs> don't be sorry. It makes for good oh, radio. I'm all good. <laughs> no, we're, I don't know. We're just, I, I don't know. We, uh, we're just not that kind of band, I guess. Uh, it's all good. Not, I don't every, know. We, not uh, everybody can not everybody can be Steel Panther, okay? Yeah, right. You know, I don't have a pussy melter, you know, <laughs> distortion pedal, so you know. Maybe I need to invest in something like that. Okay, so uh Carol, uh you know her also know her as Crazy Cat Hag. She Crazy Cat Hag. Yeah, she says, Hey Richie, what is your favorite brand of guitar to play on? I don't want to get in trouble. No. <laughs> well, okay. I'm endorsed by Solar Guitars right now. And truth be told, they're, dude, they're just, I don't know. There's something about them that I just absolutely love. I mean, I've always been more of a Gibson guy. I've got a Gibson Flying V, and I love that guitar. But I can't remember the last time I played it. I mean, it's just these Solars. I've got three of them now. I got a V, an Explorer style, like James Hetfield, you know. And then I've got a seven string, more of a Strat Ibanez style. And dude, like, I got home today because I was like, all, like, mm, all right, take COVID test. Mm, I'm in a bad mood, so I picked oh, up my guitar. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I picked, <laughs> I picked up my guitar and I started writing riffs, man. I got a red E-Series Solar, and dude, just every time I pick that damn thing up, riffs just come out. I mean, I recorded the whole Necroid Closion record with that guitar, and I don't know what it is about it. I just it, it just fits my hands real well. It plays really well. It sounds really good. And I just, I don't know, I'm real inspired when I play it. So Solar Guitars, dude, I mean, I'm just, I'm happy to be a part of that family. Awesome. And, um, you know, they give me discounts on on their stuff <laughs> and that that helps <laughs> yeah well it's a it's, yeah. a, it's a mutual benefit uh it, you know you, people get to see their gear being played get to hear it right. being played mm-hmm. and then you get a yeah. discount i mean it's a it's a win-win for everybody 
It really is. And I know people have been given solar a bunch of grief and some shit because it's like, oh, all you got to do is buy a solar and you'll be an endorsed artist. I'm like, that's eh, not quite how it works, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, there, there's been some people talking shit, and I'm, it's like, well, get off your ass and get an endorsement then, you know. I right. mean, <clears throat> that kind of pisses me off a little bit. It's like, you know. Your hustle will get you there. You know, don't you don't just gotta buy a fucking guitar. You gotta actually have some followers. You gotta like promote them. You have, you know what I mean. You gotta get out and play shows. You gotta be in a fucking band. You know what I'm saying? Oh my god, so, you're telling me you actually have to work for it a little bit? No, yeah, no a way. little bit. Yeah, you just it's not like oh, I'll just buy twenty guitars. Right. They'll just endorse me. No, <laughs> no, that's not that's not how it works. So, you know, there's, like you say, there's a mutual, like, promotion, a mutual exchange, networking that goes into it, you know, and you have to have so many followers on your social media. I mean, they're not stupid, you know, they know what they're doing. And uh, so, yeah, it's all the people that talk shit on them. I'm kind of like, fuck off, you know, just if you think you can get an endorsement, go ahead. People that, (laughs) yeah, people that talk shit about whatever piss me off. Especially when it's music stuff, it's like, you know, you know, my band is the best band, and I don't, and I'm, and I'm coming from like a fan standpoint here. My band sure. is the best band out there. They kick ass, and I go to all their shows, and then they make it big, and now I'm, they're a bunch of sellouts, you know. Mm, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like <laughs> you want your band to be big, but then when they make it big, then they're sellouts. Come on, right? Man. Yeah. Oh, uh, they don't fit in my back pocket anymore. Right. You know, or it's. Or they change up their style of music, and now they're not the same band anymore. It's like, really? Are you kidding me? Yeah, and we get that a lot. I, mean, I know I mentioned it earlier, but yeah, there were people that like, you know, they were just like, uh, "This is terrible. What? It's not like the first album, or it's not like your fault, or you know." I mean, we had a guy review us that was like, "This music is for losers," you know, <laughs> after giving us really good favorable reviews prior. I think it was a kind of a personal thing, but but it was just bizarre how the switch just turned from one to, way to the other. Uh-huh. And um, I sound like a grumpy old man. <laughs> no, you know, there's a there's a pod, there's a podcast I listen to. It's called Is We Dumb, and <laughs> and part yeah. of part of their um, podcast is they find like stupid reviews like that, and and they just call these people out, you know. And it's yeah. just, you know, and basics like just get a fucking life, dude. You, 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 Pretty much. You, you really just need to get a life. Um, yeah. But to get back to your endorsements, what other endorsements do you have? Do you have any other ones besides uh, yeah. besides the guitars? Besides Solar? Yeah. Uh, the band has got several. Um, like Mike and myself have a cat guitar cabinet endorsement. And they're called Arachnid Cabinets. Uh, they're based out of California, made here in the USA. Nice. Handmade, handmade uh, out of Baltic birch, solid Baltic birch wood, dovetail joints, the whole nine yards. And they have a, dude, they have like custom art on the mesh, like a Grave Huffer art is online. And Mike's has like Godzilla. And then a, a friend of ours, Eric Sweet, who actually did the album cover, has, has another painting on his grill and like mine's silver with blood splatter <laughs> and i mean it's, it's really cool and um so yeah they're they're just amazing they'll do anything you want they'll put led lights in them that react to the sound and 
they'll put pentagrams or inverted crosses. I mean, whatever you want. You know? Sweet. I mean, if you want kittens, you know, I mean, whatever, you know, you can just put whatever you want on them. And they're just, they're built like tanks, you know, and so just amazing arachnid cabinets. Uh, Custom Audio Mutation is an amplifier company that we're endorsed by. And the guy that builds those, he actually played a guitar solo on the new album, um, on the song that's about Andre the Giant. And uh, he used to be in uh, Annihilator and Nevermore. And um, his name's Coran Murphy, and he's builds amps and works on amps. He actually, our bass player Mike sent him a Sovtech, and he made it mean. <laughs> we used it on some of the record, actually. But yeah, he makes amps, and he put like this silver alligator skin looking Tolex on my amp because I'm a cheesy dude, and I thought it would look cool. <laughs> and uh, but dude, the thing sounds amazing. And um, let's see, what else? Oh, Intune Guitar Picks. They put all kinds of custom graphics on their picks for us. Uh, SIT Strings is another one. Uh, we just got an endorsement with Pig Hog Cables. Um, who else? Gosh. Coffin Case. Uh, the Coffin Case Guitar Cases. Okay. They're another, they're another one of our companies we work with. Um I always feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Uh, Firebird straps, they hand make our guitar straps. They're just based out of northwest Arkansas, which is about an hour south of us. John Smith, man, he makes some cool. He, he takes recycled like straps and belts and stuff and, and makes stra- guitar straps out of them. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And he puts these like brands on them. Um, it's pretty cool. It's like he hammers them and then puts them into the strap it's pretty i don't know you just have to see them um when you when you said brand i was thinking like uh you know like a cast iron thing dipped in a fire mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's like um what am i trying to say it, it's kind of like not a brand but um i don't know like a badge i guess yeah and then okay. he ham- he hammers designs into these badges and then he you know kind of affixes the badges to the uh, straps and it's it's just everyone's unique and like the strap that's on my red guitar that i was talking about earlier it's dude it's really cool it's a soft leather and then it's got of course it's got spikes coming out of it because uh, it's me and um you know it's it's i don't know it's really cool so all our gear's got this really cool unique custom vibe and it's because of all these cool companies we work with cool <laughs> Carl just said he wants the rug you guys recorded on. <laughs> oh, the rug? Yeah, well, shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can send Actually, it up to the North Atlantic, right? No biggie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just shoot it out of a freaking cannon at him. Yeah, there you go. He can, <laughs> yeah, Maybe you can shoot it right into one of the cannons that are up there by him. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh-huh. well, yeah. He likes cannons. Yeah, heck yeah. So, uh, another question would you be interested in doing a virtual show with bands from Australia and New Zealand? Uh, yeah. Fuck yeah. That would be incredible. We're on a split with a band from New Zealand. Uh, they're called Souls of Hades. That's going to be coming out here in a few weeks. Um, we put Shut Up and Skate and Your Fault on there. And the song that they have is, dude, it's fucking, dude, it's badass. It's like it's like stoner motorhead or something. Oh, it's fun. really, it's, it's really cool. But, uh, 
yeah, they're from New Zealand. And I'm like, dude, it'd be so cool to do something with those guys. So, yeah, we'd totally be into doing some kind of virtual kind of show. Like, the thing that would be tough to do with, obviously, with Australia and New Zealand would be to what time? Right, yeah, <laughs> you know, what yeah. time would you do it? You know, it would be like they're almost a day ahead of us, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, 16 or 18 hours difference or something. Yeah, somebody's going to so, be somebody's gonna be doing it in the middle of the night. Seriously, yeah. yeah. Fuck, I'll do it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, yeah, if we could figure that out, and I mean, the technology's there, it's just figuring out how to do it, how to do it right, how to do it professionally and make it sound and look good, then I would love to do it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I I interviewed a band one time. I think he was in Egypt, and it was like Whoa. it was like three o'clock, three or four o'clock in the morning for him. And he's like, "No, I'll just wait up for you." I was like, "That's oh I'm my like, god, yeah, dude!" I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm like, "That's cool." Okay, dude. that's rad. Yep, yep, awesome, awesome. I was gonna you know, something that just, uh, and I'll tell you what prompted my thought about this, but. Are any of your previous stuff or your new stuff? Are you guys do? Are you guys messing with uh, putting stuff on cassette at all? Yeah, we did. Um, the Your Fault record came out on cassette. Okay. And um, we had a hundred of those made and fucking sold every one of them. I was gonna I mean, say yeah, because I, I remember that because I remember hitting you up and asking you, you had any more and you're like sorry dude they're gone. I was like damn it. Yeah, yeah we uh, and I don't know if we're gonna have, have any more made or not. We might because, I don't know, we still get asked about it. And the place that manufactures the cassettes is like an hour down the road. Oh, wow. So yeah. we can just, yeah, it's called National Audio. And we just drive up there and pick them up. And we're like on a first name basis with some of those people. Oh, that's cool. And there's, yeah, they're really cool people. The cassettes come out freaking really, really cool. And we're, we're wanting to put Necro Eclosion on cassette. And we're still trying to figure out how we're going to do it and if we're going to do the release ourselves. Or um, There's a label called Reality Impaired Recordings that have, they did the last cassette, and we're going to see if maybe they'll do this one, you know, help us out with it anyway. Right. Is it, is, it so, tough, yeah. is it tough to go backwards from, like, digital to a cassette? Is it is it tough to have that done? I don't even know how the master and all that would it works, but is it pretty easy or uh, is it complicated? Yeah, yeah. The the place the place that does it, it's weird. You have to put the file. Well, no, never mind, never mind. I'm thinking of vinyl. <laughs> you have to like it's got to be like one chunk. Right. Well, actually, no, no. The cassette is that way. It's like it's got to be one side and then another side. Okay. So, so yeah, it's got to be like one 20 minute song gotcha, and then another together. 20 minute song like you have to make yeah. these big huge files for them right and um i'm pretty sure that it's just a wave file 44k you know okay. um 44 hertz 24k or whatever it is they they want it's pretty similar to the vinyl process okay um but the the mastering i mean they they just they don't really they're not as specific about the mastering as they are with vinyl. So yeah, it's not really, it's kind of like getting CDs made, except you just got to make the one big file versus okay. separate tracks. All right, well, I'll be on the lookout, but if you, if you guys do that and you remember this conversation, please let me know. <laughs> so I don't miss, okay. so I don't miss out. Okay. Yeah, man, for sure. 
because I actually enjoy but I just like the nostalgia of it. And, you know, yeah. I, I have them laying around my office slash studio here. And, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that I've bought from other bands and stuff. And I, right. I even have like a Walkman. I'll pop them in and listen to once in a while. Just yep. just to I've got of, my Walkman still, too. <laughs> just to have that old, old school, you know. I even have a, a, a oh, and what, what prompted the question was, Carl posted a, a picture of a ghetto blaster, and yes, and he and, and he said it's 1987, and you just bought this. What's the first song you play? So I guess I'll let you answer that question. What's the first song you play if I hand you a ghetto blaster? Well, if it was 1987, it was probably "Battery" by Metallica. Nice. Yep. <laughs> that that was probably the first that was the first Metallica song I ever heard and it was probably late 86 early 87 and um, I remember my brother had Master of Puppets and um, I was like what the fuck is this dude this is awesome I'm gonna check this out and pop it in and bring down you know that starts that's my favorite Metallica (laughs) album ever right same here man I mean I was just talking to somebody about that the other day I was like, yeah, it's kind of hard to beat Master of Puppets, dude. It's kind of it, it was a game changer for me because prior to that, I didn't know what that you know, I hadn't really heard like thrashy stuff. You know, I was just more familiar with just like classic heavy metal, right? And then I popped that in. I'm like, whoa, what's this? You know, and uh, so yeah, it was, it was definitely one of those you know albums that kind of takes you on a different path. So so let's segue that and you know into kind of what kind of got you started on guitar and what really pushed you in the metal direction? Well, my parents named me after Richie Blackmore from uh, Deep Purple and Rainbow. So I would say that was kind of where... It's a good start. My, yeah, it was kind of like my dad was like a big fan of his. And he saw him in the early 70s when he was stationed in Germany in the army. And so he brought all that craziness back with them to the u.s and uh nobody here in joplin fucking missouri knew what led zeppelin or the who or deep purple or any of black sabbath nobody knew who that stuff was around here and so my dad's playing this stuff maximum volume on vinyl and so i'm like fascinated with it and then i remember one time i'm digging through his records because i was cool like that and um, I saw a Judas Priest record, and it was uh, the live album Unleashed in the East. And I was like, what the fuck is this, man? I was like, what is that guitar? I've never seen a Flying V before. And, you know, KK's got his Flying V. And I'm like, dude, that. Well, I want to do that, <laughs> you know? And so when I saw that picture, that was like it. I was like, yeah. And then the leather and the studs, I've never seen that. And I was like, whoa, what are they wearing? I was like, I gotta listen to this. So I put the record on, and this fucking exciter comes on, and it's like double bass drumming, and you know, and I'm like, holy shit, dude, you know, I'm like, this is it. So I, I would say that was pretty much what made me want to get a guitar cool. and play music. Nice, very nice. And for the listeners that don't know, in because you, you you did mention that you got that at some point you changed the name of the band, but specifically. Yeah. Grave Huffer, how did you guys come up with that name? A friend of ours was actually, his name was Dozer, and he was actually going to start a band called Grave Huffer. This would have been 2011, something like that. And um, 
he ended up not really starting the band. And um, we're like, hey, dude, that band name's a badass. We're thinking of changing our name. Can we have it? And Dozer's like, yeah, sure. As long as I get a free shirt every once in a while. So <laughs> that's a fair. So point. yeah, yeah, we just we stole his band name and or we we bartered his band name for yep. a few shirts here and there. So yeah, I mean it was just we just thought it sounded cool, and then we ended up writing a song called Grave Huffer, and so it's taken on a little bit different meaning since then. But uh, yeah, it was basically just it sounded cool and. Like I was talking about earlier, it's pretty unique, and you Google Grave Huffer, and it's pretty much the band, you know. Or there's something else that pops up. It's somebody's, like, story or something. I can't remember exactly what it says. It's it's a quote that says, something from a grave, the lips of a huffer or something. Oh, I, can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember what story it is. I haven't clicked on it, but I see it every time and it makes me laugh. And I'm like, I just need to click on that and see what's up with that. Right. But yeah. pretty much everything else is, is the band. So right. cool. Oh, I've yeah. got, I got another, got another uh, question from Carl. He wants to know if you've ever stolen a, a record or a CD back in your young youth days yeah um personally no i haven't um i don't know i never really i don't know i never really was into the whole stealing thing but (laughs) i had a lot of friends that did Uh, our old singer james he stole an aerosmith pump on cassette (laughs) (laughs) we gave him so much shit for that um our bass player mike um he may have stolen you know i don't really i can't i seem to remember him some funny pretty much every story involving mike is hilarious so who knows it seems like maybe he's he stole a tape or something i can't uh, remember. Uh, records uh, were really hard to steal i'm sure right, but cassettes right. dude you could you know they're pretty small yeah um I'm even cds for a while i remember cds when they put them in that long those long boxes those long boxes you know yeah yep. mm-hmm. i used to like I used to hang those on my wall. Nice. I used to... Those long boxes. Yeah. Well, I would go into the local record slash CD store and and just, you know, because I was just getting into metal and stuff and didn't, where I lit, grew up, it, you didn't hear it on the radio and there wasn't, right. it, and there wasn't the internet. And so, yep. you know, you're like, um, I'd be li- flipping through and I re- the one I remember... Um, was the first time I, I heard Slayer. I was like, ooh, Slayer sounds pretty cool. And I don't remember right. the album, but it's the one where the, the cover has the guy's arm with Slayer carved in the, in his arm. And, oh, Divine Intervention. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yep. And mm-hmm. I was I was like, this looks pretty metal. And that was, I was yeah. then I took it home and I'm like, I'm like, holy crap, this is awesome. <laughs> right. You know, so that that's how half the metal I started listening to. That's how even like Pantera, you know, I saw Pantera and I'm like, I don't know who this is, but it sounds metal. So. Right. Yeah. Like you say, it's like there wasn't playing on the radio and you just it was word of mouth or the cover. You know, yep. you're like flipping through there. You see Iron Maiden or whatever. And you're like, fuck, this looks cool. You know, or you see a Judas Priest or you see Metallica or you know, whoever, had, you know, they all had cool covers. Cannibal Corpse, you know, like, oh, my God, I probably shouldn't have that, you know. I mean, yeah. it's, I remember Mike was telling me about that. Um, he, he bought, oh God, I can't remember what it was he bought. He bought, I think it was a Celtic Frost record. And then 
he saw this cannibal corpse record. I think it was the first one, like eating back to life. And uh, he was looking at it. He's like, oh, my God. He goes, I want to get both of these, but I don't have enough money. Hey, you know, his younger brother, Dale, he's like, hey, Dale, you buy the cannibal corpse. I'll buy the Celtic Frost. And so that's the, he goes, let's listen to the cannibal corpse first. And so they, <laughs> they bought the, you know, they listened to the cannibal corpse first because they're like looking at the song titles like, oh, my God, you know. Entrails ripped from a virgin's cunt. I come blood, blah blah. You know, <laughs> this is you know crazy. Uh-huh. And so, and so yeah, he was like, that was my first experience was just picking it up and looking at the cover and like I gotta have it. Yeah, that's why I still buy uh, vinyl from bands is because I love the artwork. You know, I'll probably only, mm-hmm. I'll probably throw it on the record player and listen to it once. And uh-huh. I'll put it back in the sleeve, and other than looking at the art, that's probably the last time I'll play it for a long time. Just mm-hmm. you know, something about having that physical thing in your hand, you know, and then yeah. and having the artwork to look at, and you know, whatever else is on the inside and stuff. So, it's, right. Yeah, I think that's the thing. It's a it's a tangible, you know, thing. Like you say, it's the art right. and the vinyl really lends itself to the whole art part yes. aspect of it you know and you can really kind of get lost in it and like you say sometimes i have posters and lyric sheets and all kinds of you know, you know whatever in inside and so um that's what we try to do is make sure when you buy the record it's like you got something cool to look at the record's colored it sounds good it's got cool songs you can look at the lyrics the art there's posters, stickers, you know, whatever it yeah, is, you know, absolutely. to make it a, an, an, an actual experience instead of just a digital file that you're listening to on headphones or whatever. Right. All right. Another question from the chat. Thomas wants to know if you could get a Gravehopper song in a video game, what game would it be? Whoa. That's a cool question. That's a really cool question. Hmm. Um, Again, I'm probably showing my age. I'm not really a gamer, you know. I mean, golly, <clears throat> most of the games I remember or I played were like Atari and then the original Nintendo. And, um, you know, I got a little bit into Super Nintendo and 64, not even as much. Like my kids, you know, they got, we got a Switch. We had the Wii. We had the Wii U. We've had all, the, all that stuff. And um, and then their friends have PlayStations and Xboxes and all that. So I'm not I'm not super familiar with the games, but I'll watch my kids play like some of the more recent Legend of Zelda games. So if I had to pick one that I'm familiar with anyway, I'd, I'd say probably one of the like Breath of the Wild or something. Oh, that's cool. a real that's a such a cool game. I think we could one of our uh, more intense but trippy songs like ghost dance would be kind of cool in breath of the wild you know i mean the subject matter and everything would might fit with some of that yeah yeah and i'm trying to think because i played all those games right i think i think one was called i i feel like there was a game called castlevania or something and it had ghosts and stuff in it oh castlevania yeah it was a, on the, the nintendo that was an arcade game yeah Yep. I remember playing that at the arcade or the bowling alley or whatever. You know, you put yep. money into it and play the game. And but yeah, Castlevania was really cool, and that Castlevania Two was really cool too. <clears throat> okay, another uh, Carol Crazy Cat Hag wants to uh-huh. know 
What was the concert you seen that blew your mind? Man, there's been so many, um, but I probably the one that really, really sticks out <clears throat> was um, it was 2008, and the four bands that were playing in order were, were Testament, Motorhead, Black Sabbath with Dio singing, and Judas Priest, and we got to meet Judas Priest and have pictures taken with them and they signed all our stuff and we got to talk to them for a good 10 or 15 minutes. And, um, it, <clears throat> that was definitely a mind blowing experience getting to see Ronnie James Dio and Rob Halford and oh, Lemmy. Man, that sounds <laughs> you know, amazing. I mean, I mean, Lemmy and Dio are no longer with us. So that was, you know, definitely like, I feel blessed to have got to see him, let alone at that time. So, I would I would probably pick that one. I mean, I don't know. It was just a, I don't know. <laughs> we even got to meet Alex Skolnick, the guitar player for Testament in the beer line. <laughs> we were trying to get a corn dog for our, our son that we brought with us, and he was standing right in front of us. We're like, uh, hey, Alex. And he turns around and goes, hey, guys, what's up? You know, <laughs> And he signs our ticket stubs. That's cool. He was super, super nice. But, yeah, I'd oh. go with that one. Yeah, that's uh, that that's pretty memorable. I would I would say right. that, that's a pretty good one. Yeah. Okay. Shameless plug time again. Where's a good place for people to find out more about Grave Hover? Uh, yeah. Well, let's see. Our Facebook. I mean, I probably update that the most. Facebook.com forward slash Grave Hover. Um, I try to stay active on Instagram and Twitter as well. Uh, again, I'd like to point people to the Bandcamp page, which is gravehuffer.bandcamp.com. And you can download a lot of free music. There's merchandise, there's shirts, CDs, vinyl, stickers, guitar picks, posters, art books, uh, vinyl splits. All, there's all kinds of stuff there. And uh, hell, we sold some vinyl today. Somebody bought a Your Fault record. Awesome. I mean, it, it, it's on red vinyl and, you know, we put posters in there and, you know, we try to make it, like I was saying earlier, an experience, you know. <clears throat> so, yeah, Bandcamp's definitely the place to go. Okay, very good. Okay, L one last question from the chat. Another one okay. from Carol. She wants to know, who would you like to play with on stage? Hmm. Who, who have you not I, played with that you'd like to? As far as like a just like a musician or like who would Grave Huffer like to like open for? Or? Uh, yeah. Just who would you like to share the stage with? What, what band is like, man, we, <clears throat> if we could ever play with band X, that would be amazing. Hmm. Okay. That, okay. Um, I'm sure it's going to be different for every one of us. Um, but I think we could all agree on, um, Napalm Death. They're like a huge, huge, huge influence on us. So if we were ever to, to jam with them, that would be pretty special. And I think we would, uh, I think we would fit well with their crowd and, you know, that, that sort of thing. Uh, Carcass would be another one. Um, suicidal Tendencies would be cool. I mean, if we're talking bigger bands, I mean, of course, mine would be Judas Priest. Um, <clears throat> the other guys, man, you know, I don't, I just, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to say for. It's hard for me to speak for the other guys, but but those are mine for sure. Okay, very cool. 
Okay. Any is there anything else we haven't talked about that you want to make sure the listeners know about Grave Huffer, what you guys got going on? Anything we missed? You know, I'm, I was thinking, and I, I really think that uh, pretty much got to everything. Got the new single out there. Talked about the pre-order. Talked about the record and recording and all the all that stuff. So yeah, man, I think talked about the live stream deal. Um, pretty much have plugged everything I can think of. Even oh. talked about the companies we work with. Yeah. Because uh, sometimes we get to miss out on some of those things. So so yeah, I think this is very very well done, man. Very well done. Awesome, awesome. Well, I want to thank you so much for taking an hour out of your evening to, to talk to me and, and share your stories in, in, in the band uh, with all the listeners. Uh, very much appreciated. And Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me. And anytime. Very good questions, and I, I appreciate everybody listening and everybody in chat asking all these cool questions. Thank yep. you. Yeah, it's been good. Yes, definitely. Huge shout-out to all the listeners and everybody that hopped in chat to ask the questions. Um you guys make my job easy when you ask all the questions, so I love it. <laughs> yeah, dude, and it makes it fun for us. Yep, definitely. Exactly, exactly. exactly. So I have the, the new single "Ghost Dance" gonna gonna that's gonna um, start here when we get off off the air, and then I have the brand new single out "Causes," and then I have a couple older tracks "No Boundaries, No Borders" and "Stalingrad's Cross" because I love those tracks. So, Sweet. So we got a four shot of Grave nice. Grave Huffer coming at the listeners. Awesome. Okay, man. Well, thanks again. Have a great uh, Have a great night. Please tell the whole band when you, next time you talk to them that everybody from Rock Attic Radio says hello. And uh, do. Uh, you know we we look forward to continuing to help support and, and, and play your band's music. Well, we appreciate you, Rim, and we appreciate you, Carol, and. Carl and everybody at Rock Act Radio that I've ever talked to, Renee, and um, I mean it's been a it's been a pleasure, and I know at least for one of a, the other guys is listening. Uh, Mike, our bass player, he said he'd be tuning in and, and listening. So yep, I've seen so I'm him. Sure he probably, I've seen him in there lurking. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Yep. He probably heard me making an ass out of myself. So. Well, you know how he fixes that. He hops on air with you. So next, next time. <laughs> yeah. That that corrects right. that, see? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, have a great night, buddy. Take care. You too, Ram. Take yep. care. Take care. Bye. See you. Bye-bye.